You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the darknet, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. everyone and welcome to the Cyberwires Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. We came across uh, these uh, resumes uh, or resume Uh, decoys, uh, which were embedded with command to download MindBridge Remote Access Trojan. That's Deepin Desai. He's CISO and VP of Security Research and Operations at Zscaler. The research we're discussing today is titled Return of the MindBridge Rat with New TTPs and Social Engineering Lures. And now a word from our sponsor, SixSense. SixSense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks and optimizing operational efficiency. With SixSense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals, confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose SixSense, visit SixSense.com. Now, we have been tracking this uh, malware family for past couple years. Uh, and uh, what was interesting in this case was, uh, you know, it was leveraging the resume theme, uh, which was also related to a couple other campaigns that we saw. And some of the TTPs, uh, tactics, techniques, and procedures that the threat actor used in this campaign matched uh, what we saw early last year as well. 
Well, let's uh, dig into the research together here. Um, you start off with some threat attribution. Who do you think is likely behind this? So based on uh, some of the techniques that we saw here, we are attributing this uh, with a moderate confidence to Threat Actor 505, uh, which is a financially motivated threat group uh, that has been active since uh, at least 2014. Right? Now, attribution is a, uh, you know, it's a, Difficult game uh, because, you know, it's very easy to see overlap in infrastructures across different threat actors as well. But based on some of the things that we observed, uh, we feel like it's TA505. Hmm. Well, let's walk through the attack flow together. How does someone find themselves uh, falling victim to this? So if you look at the attack chain, it starts with a job resume uh, document. Uh, so it's a macro document that will uh, prompt the victim to uh, enable content, which is to run the macro. Uh, if the victim falls for that, uh, it will pop a PDF and show the actual, uh, or I would say, decoy profile of someone who's trying to apply for the job. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the back end, what happens is uh, the macro code will leverage uh, Windows Finger.exe. Uh, it's a legitimate program to download malicious content from the attacker controlled infrastructure. Now, that file that gets downloaded as stage one payload is an SFX uh, binary. Um, it's named again after a Windows uh, program called certutil.exe. Uh, which is then responsible for uh, dropping a package. That is actually a legitimate TeamViewer installer package. Uh, the only caveat over there is the package also includes a DLL, uh, which is this MindBridge rat. And uh, the reason why the attacker chose to do this was they're leveraging a vulnerable version of TeamViewer application. So the vulnerability in that uh, older TeamViewer uh, application was uh, it was prone to DLL sideloading attack, right? And uh, using that vulnerability, uh, the adversary is able to load MindBridge DLL on the victim's machine. And after that, it's all, you know, the CNC activity, uh, the attacker has full control of the system and is able to download arbitrary files, steal information, uh, and even launch further attacks. Hmm. So it's, it's interesting to me that, you know, there's several things going on here, several layers, but also, you know, being able to take advantage of a known vulnerability uh, in TeamViewer, uh, there's a certain degree of cleverness there, I suppose. And, and additionally, I, I guess there's a chance the TeamViewer wouldn't draw undue attention to itself? Yeah, I mean, this thing was patched by TeamViewer. Uh, the newer version of TeamViewer already patches this vulnerability. It's an old vulnerability, but yes, this is a very clever tactic. They're trying to bury uh, using two to three different things that we observed. The first one was they were uh, leveraging Windows uh, operating system, uh, legitimate application names. Like uh, uh, if you notice, there, there's a misspell defender.exe as well for uh, one of the binaries that gets dropped. Uh, certutil is another. Uh, and then usage of uh, you know legitimate programs like TeamViewer and uh, finger.exe. Absolutely, 
makes it difficult uh, for some of the endpoint security software to flag this. Now, once it starts reaching out to the CNC controller, what's going on there? What are you tracking from that part of things? So once it has established uh, persistence on the victim machine, I mean, there are a bunch of commands that are embedded in this uh, rat. Um, I mean, you, the attacker is capable of running arbitrary commands, downloading arbitrary payloads and installing out in the victim machine. Uh, they're also able to monitor and kill other processes uh, that are running on the system. Like it could be a security software, could be uh, anything that the attacker doesn't want on the victim machine. Uh, overall, they're trying to monitor uh, for information. And this is uh, where, you know, uh, the, f- the motivation eventually is uh, to make profit out of the information that they're able to collect out of the, even even having that network foothold and selling it to another group uh, results in a lot of financial benefits for the threat actor. What about uh, persistence? How, how do they go about trying to stay on a system? Yeah, so that's, uh, again, uh, the, the tactic that uh, we talked about earlier uh, about using Windows uh, operating system file names. So even for the persistent part, uh, they actually create a link file with the name Windows Logon dot LNK, which is a link shortcut, and and it's created in the startup directory. Uh, this is basically what will result in uh, the executable file that the link file points to, which is the Mindbridge uh, rat to execute every time the system restarts. So. One of the things you highlight in your uh, research here is that uh, they've also uh, implemented some sort of an alternative attack flow. What's going on there? Yeah, so the first one, which was the unique one that we expanded in the blog, is where you know the MineRidge DLL was uh, being loaded using this DLL side-loading technique uh, with TeamViewer. The alternate attack flow that we saw, uh, which actually is supported uh, by the DLL as well as uh, the, you could actually run it using the reg uh, svr32.exe. Uh, so basically the adversary is able to register this as a service on the victim machine and uh, get the MindBridge uh, RAT uh, installed uh, in that manner as well. Hmm. well what's your estimation of, of the uh, sophistication of the folks who are behind this? I think some of the techniques that we saw, um, in fact, uh, the one that I'll specifically call out, uh, the attacker's use of legitimate Windows binary finger.exe to download content from the server was uh, was one of the very few ones. In fact, I would call it the first instance that we saw in the wild uh, where a threat actor was using finger.exe in the attack chain. Uh, they also were, I mean, leveraging things like TeamViewer, legitimate application, and then uh, side-loading technique to get the MindBridge installed was also pretty cool. So I would say it is uh, a sophisticated uh, attack. Uh, we've listed all the TTPs uh, on the blog for anyone interested in finding out um, at each layer what was the tactic that the adversary used in order to establish persistence, in order to exfiltrate or do perform CNC activity. 
So what are your recommendations for folks to best protect themselves against this one? Yeah, I mean, uh, this theme was very similar to uh, another campaign that uh, um, Google's security group also reported where you know several security researchers were being targeted, right? And uh, a lot of the components of uh, both of these campaigns still involve uh, use of social engineering, right? So the inherent trust that we place in certain, you know, contacts, right? Uh, one, one example that comes to my mind over here is, you know, if you get reached out on LinkedIn by a person that is also connected to five other people that are on your contact list, uh, I mean, chances are you will accept that <laughs> connection and then you will start, you will also, you know, communicate with that person if uh, they reach out. So they try to exploit the trust, and that's the starting point. Beyond that, you know, uh, the campaign that, for example, Google highlighted involved uh, further communication and dropping off, uh, uh, again, similar resume files, profiles. In this case as well, uh, what you notice is the job resume files are being delivered to the victims, and the victims are, again, being prompt, prompted to run the macro code and uh, uh, start the infection cycle. So being vigilant uh, towards any of these files that are coming from external sources, right? Not running arbitrary files on your system, especially do not enable content, do not run macro. That is (laughs) never going to lead to any kind of secret message being decrypted for you. It will always lead to bad stuff on the computer. Right, right. Words to live by, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's interesting that um, just sort of tracking TA505, as, as you and your colleagues have been doing here, that that they've been around since at least 2014. I mean, that's a, you know, they've been around a while. And, and the, the fact that they're evolving, that they're changing their tactics, but still in the game, I think there's something noteworthy about that as well. Yep, uh, Absolutely. And overall, if you look at the, uh, I mean, threat landscape evolution, if you look at things like ransomware, if you look at uh, some of the other info stealer campaigns as well, uh, the adversaries are moving away from, you know, the, what I would call it, spray and pray kind of approach, like no shotgun approach. It's more targeted, more tactical. Uh, and the volume of emails or uh, activity is considerably lower in each of these campaigns that we see. Our thanks to Deepin Desai from Zscaler for joining us. The research is titled Return of the Mindbridge Rat with New TTPs and Social Engineering Lures. We'll have a link in the show notes. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. 
With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. The CyberWire Research Saturday is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.